Welcome to Crotchets and Quavers, the weekly podcast of the music program at St. Andrew's Episcopal Church in downtown Fort Worth. Here's your host, Jason Runnels, choir master of St. Andrew's. Olivier Messiaen is a quintessential composer of sacred music from the 20th century. Born in 1908, he began his musical training quite early. He started composing music between the ages of seven and nine, and began his formal music education after World War I. He entered the Conservatoire in 1919 at only 11, being the youngest member of Jean Galland's harmony class, as evidenced in a photograph from 1923. Additional teachers during this time included Marcel Dupré for organ and Paul Ducat for composition. Through these early teachers, Messiaen developed a love for modality and the importance of text. His musical ear was affected by the works of Stravinsky and Lacy, but Debussy was the composer with whom he allied most heavily. Much of his music was determined by his devotion to God and his family. He wrote music for his wife after their wedding in 1932, and then a song cycle in honor of the addition of his son to his family. One of his most well-known works is Quatuor pour la fin de temps, an eight-movement work for violin, clarinet, cello, and piano, the available instrumentalist in the prisoner of war camp in which he resided during World War II. Upon his release from the camp, he was asked to teach harmony at the Conservatoire. This time was dominated by teaching and preparing his book about his compositional techniques, Technique de mon langage musical. While the sacred is important to his music, the use of birdsong has become a prominent element in much of his work. His Catalogue de Oiseaux from the late 50s was a large work for piano in which he sought to portray a variety of birdsongs that he had collected from nature. Messiaen's harmonic and melodic language is important to note during a discussion of his work. Within the Western tradition, melody and harmony are directly related to one another and together create form and structure in music. As his musical style developed, Messiaen toyed with a variety of scales that moved beyond the typical sounds of traditional harmony, which is based on the major and minor modes. He identified seven modes with limited transpositions, scales made up of a specific order of intervals that could only be begun on a specific number of pitches before the scale becomes a repetition of itself. The first mode is the whole tone scale, B, C-sharp, D-sharp, F, G, A, B, which is often found in the music of Debussy. This scale can only be transposed or started on one other pitch, C, before the scale repeats. If started on C-sharp, the first transposition occurs. The octatonic scale, used by Stravinsky, is the second mode and is comprised of alternating whole steps and half steps. C, D-flat, E-flat, E, e, F-sharp, G, A, B-flat, C. This scale can only be transposed or started on two other pitches. The natures of these scales has a direct impact on the harmonies and melodies. Particularly, the movement of the music is strongly affected, which negates the normal feeling of tonic dominant pull. O Sacrum Convivium was written in 1937. 
the same year as the birth of his son and serves as a motet for communion. The texture of the work shares similarities with Parlando's style of Debussy's Pelias et Melisande, a score he had been given by his earliest harmony teacher, Jehan de Gibbon. The bottom three voices are somewhat static, while the sopranos carry what might be considered a melody. The homophonic texture might remind the listener of a much older style, not quite organum, but not quite falso bordone. Regardless, the music transports one back to a time of reverence and worship as the people partake of the Eucharist. The music of the bottom three voices is created from chromatic scales, while the sopranos appear to be using a modified mode three, that climax at passionis eius. This is the peak of the first half of the work. We remember Christ's suffering and sacrifice. The lower voices then begin a slow inching toward the bottom of their respective scales, while the sopranos reach a little higher before being dragged back down. The second half of the work begins in a similar manner as the first, but the ascension of the voices is wider. The sopranos reach their highest point at the words et future gloriae, a major third higher than the previous climax. The other voices follow their lead before preparing the Alleluia and the pieces end. Thanks for listening and join us again next week.